Gospel of Luke chapter 14 in your Bibles. I really pray that throughout the year as we continue to grow in the Lord, that you would make every effort, if you can, to try and come out from time to time on Wednesday nights. It's a time that we really uh, kind of uh, uh, a little bit more intimately, intimately uh, involved in learning and growing. And we try to make these uh, studies tailor-made to where you are so we can help meet you in your walk with the Lord. And so um, are you at Luke yet? Chapter number 14. Everybody's waiting on me to read. Okay, I got that. Okay. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the costs, whether he has enough to finish it? Lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man has begun to build and was not able to finish. Pray with me. Father, thank you, uh, Lord, for your word. We thank you today, God, for this uh, new year that we are gearing up for. God, we thank you for the lives that will be impacted through the life of this church. Father, we thank you for the lives of those who's been transformed, Father God, because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Father, I thank you for the awesome privilege of being able to stand before your people and to preach the life-changing, everlasting word of the living God. Daddy, I ask that you would empower me by your spirit because, Lord God, you have summon us together because you want to speak to us. And so every heart this morning has positioned itself to hear what the Spirit of God wants to say. I pray, Father, that there will be no distractions in the house. I pray that nobody is moving, but everybody is focused in heart and focused in mind. Holy Spirit of the living God, I pray right now, God, that this word will come forth with great clarity, with great wisdom, and with life-changing effect. And Father, I pray that you would empower me, Father, this vessel that has not always done everything according to as you have prescribed, but a vessel that is nonetheless seeking and willing to be used for your glory. We thank you and we praise you for this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the Lord's presence. Uh, I had begun, along with you, a brand new series entitled Position for Success. And uh, last week we talked about um, the importance of having an attitude of success. And so we talked about that um, because as we go into 2014, uh, we have concluded that God wants all of us to be blessed. How many of you believe that? Amen. God wants you to be blessed. Now, you must understand that you are a blessed person. You must understand that. But then there is another level that God wants to take each and every one of us to. Uh, one of the things that you know about me, as you have been a part of our church for some time, is that I'm not about entertaining you. I am about empowering you. Uh, I really, really, I am a practitioner. I believe that the word of God really, really worked when we put it to practice. 
And so what I'm going to be sharing with you for the next couple of weeks, and I, and I really in, in particular today, because this is something that is very, very dear to me. It is something that God has really begun uh, to refresh me and my thinking in this area as it relates to planning and goal setting. Um, if you apply these principles, I promise you that the quality of your life is going to shoot upward. How many of you can stand to have better quality of life? Um, how many of you can say, I mean, really, because God has given us clear prescriptions in his word. I understand that to some extent, some of what I may end up sharing with you may be somewhat of a contradictory to the way that you think. Uh, you know, you've heard me say this, but as a young believer in Christ who was kind of wet behind the ears and excited about the gospel, I really thought that planning was, I was kind of allergic to the idea of planning. Because to me, I kind of thought, well, all you need to do is just simply believe in God, right? Trust God and just let God do it. There's nothing more really for me to do. And I remember you know, some years ago when I first entertained the idea of beginning a church, uh, there was a, a group of us that was meeting together. None of you know any of these people that are not here. But one of the things that um, when we were meeting together, there was one guy who was there um, who, you know, he was always uh, saying things that were contrary to the rest of the group. And everything that he was saying was really in reference to developing some kind of a plan. And our whole thing was, man, we just need faith. Faith, man, just faith. You don't need a plan, just faith, just faith. And man, everything will be all right. And every time he opened his mouth, everybody in the group would look at him double eyed, like, man, you just shut up, man. You're not walking in faith. And in actuality, everything he said ended up being true. It wasn't nobody didn't believe God. It wasn't nobody uh, didn't care about the importance of uh, understanding the purposes of God. But there's a there's a there's a, 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 a there's a concept that I think get missed as we talk about this balance between faith and works and what it really all means. And so what I want to do today is I want to kind of close that gap. I want my assignment by the Holy Spirit today is to convince you to come up with a plan for your life. Short-term plans, long-term plans, short-time goals, long-term goals and that you will truly, truly embrace the concept. Because many of our lives, if we're really, really honest, have been under siege, have been hijacked, if you will, uh, in a negative way because of our lack of planning and setting goals. And so you're never too young, obviously, and you're never too old. This is a message that will touch everybody in the room. How many of you own a GPS? Everybody got I me. Mean, it's like nowadays, if you don't have a GPS, you're like on another from another world. Uh, you, you all know that I do extraditions, and so part of my job as a police officer is I go around the country, I find the bad guys, and I bring them back. So I do uh, quite a bit of traveling. And uh, whenever I travel out of town, I always have my iPhone, which has on it a GPS. And because when I go to these towns, I have no idea 
at all where I'm going. I mean, I have a general idea. I may have an address, but when I get to the city, I, a lot of these places, I have no idea. So before I even get uh, uh, put my foot on the gas right after I start the car, the very first thing I do, I get out my GPS, and Ed, Brother Edwin know what I'm talking about back there because he knows, he travels. I get out my GPS, right, and here's what I do. I punch in the address because how many know, I, I need to know where I'm going. Nothing is more frustrating than being in an environment, being someplace, and being lost, and not know where you're going. Come on, somebody. Uh, my wife has yelled at me on many occasions, because we men sometimes, we can be a, a little bit stubborn about directions. But there's nothing more frustrating than just being in a place where you're getting lost, where you're just kind of traveling around, and you have no real sense of direction. And so what the GPS does, it takes all the stress out of my life. I'm going to tell you something. When, before we had GPS, how many of you like reading maps? Uh, you know, first of all, I can't read them no more because the print, the print is too small. I, you know. But, I, I, you know, maps, you know, it, it's, sometimes it's hard. You know, whenever you read a map, you got to pull over. You got to take time. And even after you read the map, you still may not know where you're going. But, man, there's somebody the GPS that says, right turn here. Left turn there, recalculating. Y'all know what I'm talking about? So <laughs> sometimes we miss it. Because you still miss it sometimes with the GPS. But if you're totally honest, you are still very happy with your GPS. It removes all the stress of your life. Why? Because I've punched, I've punched into that GPS. I punched in a destination. I'm going somewhere. So when I'm driving, I'm not even worried. Even if the lady has to say, recalculating, I'm still at rest because I know the GPS is going to land me exactly where I want to go. See, there are too many believers who don't have a GPS for life. You're just kind of out there and you're like recalculating like every two minutes. And you're frustrated with life because you really, really don't know where you're going and you really have not developed a plan. I'm that guy that you flag down on the side of the road. You know how you get lost? You say, sir, sir, can you help me? Y'all ever done that? Because I have no clue. I'm that guy that you're flagging down on the side of the road that's going to help you to develop a plan so then that you know where you're going. How many know that if you aim for nothing, you will hit it every single time? And so, so it's important, you as a believer, watch this, to understand that God wants you to have a plan. God, listen, you developing a plan and a goal for your life is not anti-God. It doesn't even mean that you don't really believe God or have faith in God. That's a misnomer. That is what I call error. I want to show you the day from, in a very, very practical way. Take you through the word of God, and, and here's, what, here's, what, here's, what, here's what I know will happen, that if you lay hold of this, I'm telling you, you're going to be a couple of months down the road, two, three, four months, you're going to say, Pastor, pa I am so glad. You wouldn't believe how things just turned around for me, and all it was that you just decided to develop some plans and some goals for your life. My son, my oldest son, Christian, who's not here today because he had to work uh, midnight. He worked double shift yesterday. And, uh, and they are giving away a car uh, on his job. So all, all the employees have an opportunity to win a car. And what they asked all of them, they said, we need you to write down an essay 
or a plan for how you want to succeed in life. What are your goals? And they said to him, now, we want you to write it down. And so whoever has, I guess, the most profound essay, or whatever the case might be, he will have an opportunity to win a car. That sounds pretty neat, doesn't it? But guess what they require first? A plan. But can I just tell you my plan? No, 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 no. I need you to write down a plan. How many know that a resume is kind of like a plan? It gives somebody some idea of where you're going. Parents, if you, if you try to apply for scholarship, how many know the many of the places that you want to apply for a scholarship at, they ask you for what? What is your plan? What, what do you put? Don't just talk. Don't just tell me all the stuff you got swirling around in your little head. How many know that we got a lot of stuff swirling in our heads? A plan is you actually nailing down that one thing that you're honing in on and you're moving toward it. It's what we call a goal. And I believe, and many of you, if you're honest with me, that many of us are in reaction mode too often. We wake up during the course of the day, and we really just kind of get up and we go, and whatever comes during the course of the day, we just kind of go with the wind, go with the flow. And your life is being yanked, and your life is being pulled, and you have no sense of direction. You have no sense of control over your life because you're being pulled in 15 or 20 different directions. How many know that's a bad place to be? God does, listen to me, God is a disciplinary. God is disciplined. Everything about God, how many know God is a planner? God is a planner. And for some people, they have a hard time, really? Well, I mean, if you really think about it, <laughs> you open your eyes, the whole creation, even in this fallen state, the whole creation, even though creation is not perfect, even though there is sin in the world, even though there's destruction in the world, you can still see the glory of God's manifest plan throughout the entire earth. How many know that we need to be like our God? Can you say amen to that? Jeremiah 29, 11, write this verse down. Many of you know this verse, a very powerful verse. <laughs> For I know the plans, everybody say plans. I know God got plans for you. <laughs> I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. How I many know there's nothing more comforting to know than God, watch this, the God of all heaven and earth, he has a plan for me. Even God thinks about a plan. In the verse that we just read in Luke chapter 14, verses 28 through 30, Jesus indicted. He, he brought indictments against a person. He said, who in their wildest dreams, who in, who in their wildest way of thinking will think that they're going to build a building without first sitting down, counting the cost? How much is it going to cost? How many people I'm going uh, to need? How big do I want the building to be? In, in other words, how many know we need a plan? We need a blueprint. Everybody say blueprint. We need to have that. If you ever read in a book, just to talk about God's planning, uh, you don't have time to turn there, but in your spare time, write this down. If you want to know how detailed your God is, <laughs> read Exodus chapter 26, the whole chapter. God was given instruction about building the tabernacle. And you know, God was, God was so detailed that he told them what color he wanted the curtains, 
He told them what kind of hooks he wanted on the curtains. He told them what kind of color he wanted. God told them every minute single detail when they built the tabernacle. And guess what? They had to build it just like he wanted it. How many know your God is a planner? How many know that God planned your salvation? The Bible says, it says that Jesus came in the fullness of time. In other words, there was a time that God had already mapped out when he was going to bring the Son of God into the world to deliver us from our sins. Ephesians chapter number 1, verses 4 and 5 said this, Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Let me tell you, you want to know if you are special? If you ever have any doubt how special you are, just as he chose us in him, you, me, before the world was, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. How many know you've been destined for perfection by the blood of Jesus? Having predestined, that word predestined means predetermined. That means God had you in mind way, 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 way before you got here. I mean, your God is a planner. So what did God do? Y'all still with me? Stay with me. What did God do? God decided what he wanted to do. Watch this. He developed a plan and he executed. God decided what he wanted to do. He developed a plan and he executed. I want to say that one more time so you can get it. God decided what he wanted to do. He developed a plan, and then he executed. How many know that you are supposed to be like your God? We have his nature, amen? We are to be like him. And so if God is a planner, watch this. How many know God have no problem with you coming up with plans and goals for your life? You must embrace this concept. Now, let me, let me say a word about the spirit of confusion. How many know that Satan loves confusion? How many of you like confusion? Nobody likes to be a part of confusion. You ever, you ever go, when I was uh, back in the day when I was in my sinful ways, uh, you know, I used to, I know for, that's for some of you that's hard to imagine that, you know, I used to be a sinner. Uh, but uh, back, in, back in the day when I used to go to uh, the nightclub, now I don't go to nightclubs anymore for obvious reasons. But um, one, I'm saving, I don't want no parts of that. But that's a whole other sermon. But I used to go to these places, and you know, and every now and then, you know, and probably more frequently, you would, you would hear some commotion. Everybody be on the dance floor, and everybody be dancing, da, 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 doing that thing. All of a sudden, you see somebody say, fight! And everybody just start moving around, and then all of a sudden, there's all this commotion, there's all this problem, and, and before you know it, man, somebody hurt, something happened, and, and, and everything, the whole party got ruined. The whole situation, why? Because the spirit of confusion have come in. Let me, let me tell you something about this word of confusion. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 33, I'm going to show you why this is important and how that a plan is the antidote, is the antidote uh, for this. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33 says this. Are you still with me? Say amen. amen. For God is not the author of confusion, everybody say confusion, but of peace. Right? So, so I want that to simmer into your soul. Anything that is confusing in your life, anything where there's a lot of confusion, God is not 
of it. God did not start it. God is not in it. You need to understand that. James chapter 3, verses 15 through 16 says this. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Now, watch this. Confusion is facilitated oftentimes, watch this, by a lack of planning. Do you hear me? Confusion is facilitated oftentimes by a lack of confusion. And when you have a lack of planning or goal setting in your life, how many know that that is the, greeting, the breeding ground for confusion? And when there's confusion, when there's no sense of order in your life, how many know that you're going to probably be a very, very frustrated person? See, what I'm preaching to you this morning is life-changing. It's going to help you. And so you need to learn how to, how to minimize confusion out of your life so that you can gain some control of your life. Now, here's, a, here's another important point. Satan's, watch this, Satan's dwelling place is in the spirit of confusion. Satan loves where there's disorder. He loves where there's disunity. He loves when people in your home and in your family are fragmented. How many know Satan loves it? You take, for example, this is a very common problem. You got, uh, you got a husband and a wife who got two different views on finances. Anybody ever heard of that before? How many know that if you don't reconcile those two things, then all of a sudden you'll be, you can end up in strife, angry at each other, mad, and here's what happened. Confusion starts setting in. We're not on the same page. All of a sudden, now we're angry, we're mad. How many know God is not blessed in that? But when we decide that we're going to develop a plan, you see, a plan will protect you, us, from the spirit of confusion developing some goals for your life because let me let me tell you as sure as you're born Satan's going to work overtime to make your life havoc he's going to work overtime to keep you mad he's going to work overtime to keep you frustrated he's going to work overtime to keep you overwhelmed he's going to work overtime to keep you under stress how many of you don't like stress and so we need to, so, so the antidote to confusion, watch this, is developing a plan for your life. A plan is your safety net. A plan protects you. A plan increases, watch this, the quality of your life. Now, how do we develop a godly plan? So I want you to write these down. I want you to remember them. How do we develop? So, Pastor, I'm convinced now that I need to develop a plan. I'm convinced that God is a planner. He wants me to have a plan. He wants me to have some goals. How do we get there? Okay, number one, pray and ask God about your future. Proverbs 16, 3 says this, commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts, everybody say thoughts, or your plans will be established. Now watch this. When you talk about developing a plan for your life, how many know you need to take time to spend alone with God first? See, one of the things I always do is when I want to talk about developing some plan for my life or whatever the situation might be, I look, listen to me. I take time and I get alone and I spend some time with God. Why is that so important? Because I need to get the heart of God for my life. 
You know, the Bible said that Jesus was often before it was sunlight. Jesus got up every single day and he spent time with the Father. Every day. He wasn't going to live his life in a way at all that was going to suggest that God wasn't going to be a part of it. And so let's say that you want to develop a plan. The first thing you got to do is, well, 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 somebody asks you, well, what do you want to do in your life? What do you want to do with this? What do you want to do with that? Well, I'm not sure yet. That's a good sign that you need to spend some time in prayer. You need to spend some time and say, I need to understand what does God want me to do? If, if this is something that is in my heart, break away. You know what? If you're going to get married, how many know you need to pray about who you marry? I say you need to pray about who you marry. Because when you marry them, you marry them. Amen? So you need to pray about it. You need to pray about your career. You need to pray about whatever, any kind of major thing you're going to do. Pray about it. Commit it to the Lord first. Say, Lord, this is what I want to do, but God, will you please direct me? How many know God will direct you? So we want to commit our plans to the Lord. Because why? We're Christians. And we want God to be involved in what we're doing. Not after the fact. Not, we don't just sit down. Listen, we don't just go. Listen, don't get out of this habit. Well, you know, I want to do this, and I'm just going to sit down and develop a plan. No, before you write one iota, if you feel something in your heart, or, or you believe God is tugging you in a certain place, sit down and say, honey, if, if you're married, if there's something you're going to do together, let's, we need to sit down. Let's spend some time. And, you know, and I'm not talking about five minutes right before you write up your plan. I'm being honest. I mean, no, it takes... Some of us are so entrenched in the world and worldly activities, it takes some time to really position yourself to hear God. For me, I had to just get away. You may need to go to a mountain. You may need to take a drive. It may take you a week. It may take you a month. It may take you a couple days. But whatever you do, first commit the thing to the Lord. Lord, this is what I'm sensing, and pray about it. Pray. Include the Lord, not after the fact. Amen? Not not go, oh God, God, I got a plan now, please bless it. Talk to the Lord first. Everybody say first. It's critical that we spend time alone with the Lord in developing a plan for your life. Number two, watch this. You need to get godly counsel. Talking about developing a plan. Proverbs eleven fourteen says this. Where there is no counsel, the people fail. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. One of the things I do all the time, i got two or three people, my wife will tell you, that I talk to anytime i got questions about anything. Let's say I prayed and I, and I come up with this plan. I think I want to do this. One of the first things I do after that is I talk to somebody who I know is, is spending some time with the Lord. Now, I'm not talking about your buddy. I'm not talking about the person that you know. How many know the people, 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 they, they just bug me because, you know, when we want people, you know, we know how to find people that agree with us. Amen. You know, if I want so I go to brother so-and-so, I know he's going to agree with me. You need to find somebody that you know that spend time with the Lord, somebody that is a praying man or woman, and you need to ask them and say, look, look, I know you're a godly person. I'm praying about this. What do you think about it? How many know everybody in here, you should have somebody that you can go to. He says, somebody, I mean, and God does that because we're not on an island. We're not, we're not to ourselves. And so one of the things I do is I just, I get godly counsel, you know, because there are some things that you may see 
uh, and there are some things you may not see. And I've discovered in life that other people a lot of times can see things better even than I can. Come on, somebody. If you're humble, you'll understand that. If somebody tells you something about yourself, you need to learn to listen. Amen? Humble people love listening. Humble people know how to receive correction. Humble people know how to receive instruction. If you can't receive correction or, or instruction, you are prideful. So you need to get to a place where even though you're smart like me, <laughs> that's a joke. Even though you're intelligent like me, even though you got all the knowledge, you need to still go and talk to somebody and say, look, let me tell you something. Here's what I'm thinking, I'm praying about. Can you kind of give me some instruction in this? What do you think? Does it make sense to you? Pray with me on this thing. I mean, now we're talking about developing a godly plan. Number three, and we're not going to belabor this one, but number three we need to write it down. Habakkuk. Write it down. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may who runs, who, 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 I'm sorry, that he may run who reads it. Now, I don't know about you, but here's what I've discovered even in my own life personally. I found out that usually when I'm really, really serious about things, I write it down. You're not really serious in most cases about something until you write down your plan. Here's the problem. Because of what we said earlier, that we have so many things swirling around in our mind, but it's what you pin down on the paper is the thing that you nail down. That's the thing that, okay, I got this. And how many know that when you write down whatever your plans are, whatever they are, whatever God is leading you to do, however you feel that God is leading you to do, you need to post it someplace where you can see it. Why? It's especially if it's going to involve other people. Amen. So you want to write your plan down. Write it down. Hey, hey you know what? If it's, you know, how many know that a lot of people want to see that? Amen? So write down your plan. You say, Pastor, I'm really serious about this. I really want to do this. Then write it down. I, I told our staff. I said, we have a staff meeting today. I said, okay, what are your plans for your ministry, for whatever you're doing and what God has you doing? What's your plan for the year? Then write it down. Write it down. What is writing it down going to do? It just sends a message. You know what? I'm really, really serious about this. So we need to write it down. Get in the habit of writing down your plan. How many young people who are listening today have actually wrote out a plan for their life? What do you plan to be in two or three years? What do you plan to be in five years? What do you plan to be in 15 years? You know, it's amazing. I was looking at my old yearbook. Uh, what they call it? It's not a yearbook. It's a, um, a memory book. And it's kind of like a, a sketchbook. Some of y'all high school kids got to help me out. You know, kind of like you put all the pictures and all this stuff. And it was amazing, but they, they said what they had in there a section like where you plan on being in five, 25 years. It was almost to a T, not except for the pastor thing. It was almost to a T, you know, that, that I would be doing these things. You know, I wanted a family. I want to be married. I want to make certain income. I want to do certain things. And it was amazing. It just, think, but, but I was thinking about that even then. How many know that a lot of times, understand this, success is intentional. Every now and then, somebody will stumble into something and win the lottery, amen? Every now and then. But you probably ain't going to ever win the lottery. I just want to give you a heads up. So don't even waste your time. Chances are you ain't going to win. But the reality of it is, is most people who are successful, they plan their success. They think about it. Now, now we're talking here in a moment about some other things about that. But, but understand that in most cases, success is on purpose. People actually sit down and they map out and they think about where I want to be. 
even if you don't do exactly what you write down, having a plan is better than no plan at all. And that plan will still kind of give you a set of, it will kind of set a direction for you so that you can achieve it. Which brings me to my fourth point. My fourth point is allow God to amend the plan. Proverbs 19.21, I love this verse. It says this, there are many plans in a man's heart. Many plans, plans, plans. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord will stand. The good steps of a good man, or the steps of a good man, the Bible says, is ordered by the Lord. So here's the deal. Now, that doesn't, what God is not uh, saying that we shouldn't have a plan. That scripture is not saying that. There's a scripture in the, over in the book of James chapter 4 that says that you don't know what tomorrow may bring. And there have been people that try to use that verse to suggest, oh man, I really don't need to have a plan because I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring anyway. How many know that is that's laziness? And that's an excuse not to have a plan. God still wants you to have a plan. But here's the thing. Every now and then, situations change. Circumstances change. Things happen. God decided to throw a little in detour in there. Whatever the case might be, we need to listen. We need to understand that ultimately, God is in control. And every now and then, you might have a plan. How I many know, uh, you remember Mary. We just preached on Mary. She was about to get married. She was excited. She was going to marry her boy, her, her high school sweetheart, uh, brother Joseph. She was going to marry him. They had the wedding plan out. Everything was good. She got all her bridesmaids. All of a sudden, God showed up and said, you know, we're going to change that a little bit. I mean, no, she was radically changed. I mean, no, God, every now and then, God will show up and change your plans. But that's okay. It's okay for God to do that. Still, though, there's no excuse not to have a plan. So God will show up. Every now and then, you may plan something. You may say, hey, man, I'm, I'm planning. I mean, think about this. I mean, it, uh, that's a bad example. I won't use that example. But there are things that happen during the course of a day, a course of a year that happens in our life that we don't know the full scoop. Amen. We just don't know. We don't know what's going to transpire. And so as best we do, we talk to the Lord. We come up with a plan. We offer it to the Lord. And unless the Lord redirects us, we stick with what God has put in our hearts. Are you tracking with me? And so we need to allow the Holy Spirit, allow God to do what he wants to do. But let that not be an excuse to develop a plan. Number five, watch this. Be diligent about your plans. Everybody say diligent. You know, diligent has to do with hard work. How I many you love hard work? Hard work. Proverbs 21.5 says this. The plans of the diligent, everybody say diligent, lead surely to plenty, but, the, but those of everyone who is hasty, surely to, to poverty. <laughs> so in other words, if you're very, very hasty in what you do and how you do things, how many know that you can end up broke? Uh, literally, that's what, that's what that verse says. If everybody who's hasty will lead to poverty. It's something about planning that will keep you. But, but listen to what he said. He said, the plans of the diligent. Everybody say diligent. That means that, listen, when you develop a plan, how many know you got to work at your plan? Come on, you got to work hard. How many know that, that nothing comes easy? That nobody just want to give, listen, you shouldn't want anybody to just give you anything. Come on, somebody. You want to work for everything you got. One of the blessings that God has given to all of mine, mankind is the blessing of achievement and purpose and accomplishment and overcoming some things. And so, listen, we need to be diligent about our plans. So develop a plan, work at it. How many know there's a time to sleep and then there's a time to get up and work? Come on. Uh, uh, Proverbs 6.6. Y'all know y'all can learn from an ant, right? 
<laughs> Proverbs 6, 6, verses, I'm sorry, Proverbs chapter 6, verses 6 through 11. Listen to this verse. I, I don't think we have it up there, but go to the ant, you sluggard. <laughs> Consider her ways and be wise, <clears throat> which having no captain, overseer, or ruler, provides her supplies in the summer and gather her food in the harvest. How long will you slumber, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall your poverty come on you like a prowler and your need like an armed man. How many know that once you develop a plan, you got to work? And how many know God bless hard work? I mean, you know, I, 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 I think it's important to underscore this because, you know, um, I, I believe that sometimes we use as an excuse our inability or our lack of desire to develop a plan. Uh, we, we, we use, well, you know, I'm just kind of trusting God or, well, you know, we're just going to kind of see what happened. How I many know that that is just not See, what I love about Proverbs, I know I'm a little bit all over the place, but what I love about Proverbs, Proverbs is a very, very practical book. Proverbs deals with everyday life stuff. And so he said the plans of the diligent. God wants you to work. Work at your plan. How many know that in order to build a great anything, it's going to require work? It's going to require sacrifice. It's going to require time. Be willing to put in the time in order to get the results that you want. If you want something, you believe God has put something in your heart, and you want to see it to fruition, you're going to have to put in the work. The plan of the diligent, watch this, will lead to prosperity or plenty. Everybody say plenty. plenty. You had to put the work in in order to make it happen. All right, so there was five of those. So how do we develop a plan? We said five things. I want you to remember these. Pray and ask God about your future. Number two, get godly counsel. Number three, write it down. Number four, allow God to amend the plan and then number five, be diligent about your plans. Well, now what are the benefits of a plan? This will be real quick and we'll be done. What are the benefits of a plan? As I said before, a plan will minimize stress in your life. You know, I was, um, I used to be a robbery detective. I'm still a detective, but I used to investigate robbery crimes. And um, I used to hate going to work after, after a period of time because one of, one of the things that is so very um, intriguing about police work is that um, you have uh, an opportunity to investigate crimes and to find a bad guy. You, uh, you know, you put out wanted posters and all these different things and, and so you work with all these different agencies. And so, so I love that part about investigations. But uh, uh, the part that I hated was that every day I came to work, there was a new case on my desk. Or I get a phone call. So I'm at home and I'm playing. I say, today, I'm going to work on this case. Well, I get to work, there are three or four other cases on my desk. Or there's somebody calling me and I haven't even had a time. And I remember just coming to work, just feeling all this stress in my life. I mean, I was just overwhelmed with stress. And I would come to work because I, I just could not get ahead of it. I couldn't get ahead of it. And because my life was just because I was just being pulled. I had no control of it. It had control of me. So, so watch this. When you have a plan and you're able to execute your plan, here's what's going to happen. You say, Pastor, well, I don't like planning. Here's what, what planning does. It lowers the stress in your life. 
Because here's what happens. When you're stressed, your stuff starts piling up. Stuff starts piling up, and you never take anything off the plate. You just keep adding stuff, keep adding stuff, keep adding stuff. And then after a while, you start running ragged. You get ragged. You're in stress. Your body begins to break down, and you're not a very happy person. And a lot of times you're mad at everybody else. Then you'll stop blaming everybody else. But the reality is, is that you're just stressed. A plan will minimize the stress in your life. You're listening to me. It will take it out. So you want, you want a less stress? Then develop a plan. Set some goals and watch how your stress level will go down. And I bet you, you go. Let me, let me tell you something. <laughs> Honestly, this is, you know, before we was in this building, we was over, and there's a couple of people who was here that was still that was uh, here then, but we was over across the street over at the car wash. And, uh, and we used to meet over there. We had our, uh, you know, over in the, uh, I forget the name of the shopping center, but it's over there where the 610 car wash is. Everybody, anybody know where the 610 car wash? We used to meet in that little shopping center. And so, you know, we had a difficult time trying to, you know, trying to keep up with the rent. And so this landlord would just bug me all the time. I mean, he would call me, he would threaten me. I mean, it was just, I don't even want to tell you, it was just terrible. It was, a, and you know what? And, Pastor Bailey ain't never had a blood pressure issue. I never, I, my wife would tell you, you know, because I've always worked out. I don't, I've never had any blood pressure issues. Never, never. All of a sudden, I'm sitting at work, and we got this little blood pressure cup on the desk. <laughs> and so I started putting a blood pressure cup on my desk, 144 over 90. Like, what? Man, something wrong with that, man. Change, need a battery. Something's up with that. And I kept doing it, running. And I'm like, man, what's, what's going on? I, I could not figure what was happening. And I said, man, I mean, you know, I know I'm getting a little older, but man, and I didn't realize it was this. Let me tell you, once I got out of that building, my, I started checking my, my blood pressure, 117 over 80, 117 over 70. I mean, my blood pressure went down. Let me tell you something. This is a matter of life and death. Some of you, if you want to live a long and good life, you better develop a plan and stop letting life jerk you around. You better get control of your life, develop a plan, develop some goals, and work it. And protect yourself and everybody else around you. Amen? So having a plan will minimize the stress in your life. You know another thing a plan will do? It will minimize the stress in everybody else's life, too. (laughs) You know, if you are a father... If you are a mother, if you are an employer, if you are a boss, you got, let me tell you something, when you're all messed up and you don't have no plan, you're all over the place, guess what's going to happen? Everybody else going to get the, listen, don't bring your junk on my doorstep. I got enough of my own, hallelujah. And so watch this. So what I need to do, I know as a, as a father, I know this as a father, that, that there are certain things that I, I have to set certain tempo for my kids because to the degree that I'm all over the place, I don't really have solid plans. It, it affects them. Whether I want to acknowledge it or not, it, it does. If, if, I'm, if I got a bad boss at work who is all over the place, who is sloppy, how many know that have an effect on my, my ability to do what I do? So if you have any responsibility over anything, over people, then watch this. Develop a plan because not only would it help you but it helps somebody else. Everybody ought to say amen to that. How many know a plan is inviting to others? Right? Here's the benefit, another benefit. How many know that when you have a plan, other people might join in with you? Well, brother, I want to, uh, you know, let's just say, for example, you know, uh, uh, brother Sean come up to me, pastor, uh, God, I, I want to build a, a, a corporation as massive as Apple. 
Uh, you know, I want to I want to blow out Steve Jobs company. I want to build this real godly company, you know, because, you know, Apple, you know, they're more secular. But I want to I want to do something for the king of God. Oh, oh Pastor, I want, I'm, I'm going to look at him. And say, OK, what's your plan, brother? I'm going to trust God. We're going to go to the bank and see if we can get a loan, but we, we're going we're gonna to trust God. No, no, brother. I ask you, well, how are you going to do this? Well, I, 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 I don't know, man. I, I just got it in my heart. I got a couple of things, but I'm not really sure yet. I would look at that brother and say, well, you, when you're sure, you come back and talk to me. Because how I many know nobody want to be a part of something? Nobody want to be a part of a sinking ship. Amen? You don't want to be a part. Let me say, you, you want, if you're doing something for, that you believe is for God or whatever, then how many, if you want to attract people into what you're doing, how many know, you, all of us are to an extent, as a kingdom of God people, we're salesmen. Whether you want to admit it or not, you're trying to sell the kingdom of God. Everybody here is a salesman. Too. You are a, a, an evangelist, but a salesman in some way, because you are projecting what it means to be a Christian, right? So you want other people to come into the kingdom. And so you're projecting something. And so watch this. The more attractive you make yourself, probably the more likely you're going to have an effect on reaching other people for the gospel of the kingdom. I believe that a lot of people, and I know, I know how secular people like to say, I don't want to go to church because it's a bunch of hypocrites. Yeah, I mean, you know, but, and I know that's an overstatement, but in some cases it is true. And so we need to make sure that we get out of the way. Watch this. If we want to do something great, then we develop a plan, then probably somebody else will come along and say, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that organization you're doing. I want to do that because I see that you're going somewhere, and I like what I see. I'm going to join it. How many know God will bless that? God will bless that. A plan, another benefit, I only got one more, two more. Another benefit is to keep you on target. We talked about that because you're going to get pulled every day until you develop a plan. You're going to be yanked every day until you develop a plan, until you get some control over your life. How many know it ain't going to happen just by accident? You're not going to wake up one day and you're going to suddenly have control of your life. You're not going to wake up one day. How many know that, that you got to do some things on purpose? You got to make some, you got to grab the bull by the horn. Ain't but one way to deal with the devil. Don't play with him. You know, we used to have this thing and I was in elementary school. How many remember Smokey the Bear? Yeah, so I'm, <laughs> Smokey ain't around no more. I used to believe he was real. Uh, he used to come, <laughs> he used to show up at our school. So I mean, I was, yeah, I was disappointed with Smokey. Well, you know. But uh, Smokey, Smokey used to always come into schools and he would always say, don't play with matches. Don't play with matches. You play with matches. That's how you talk. You play with matches, you get burned. You know? You know, he would always, he would always say that, you know? And so I just forgot the whole reason why I brought that up. But it sounded good. Oh, gosh. I don't know why I said that, but it sounded good. All right. But, 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 but what was that? Yeah, that's why you can't, yeah, thank you, thank you, somebody listening. <laughs> so you can't play, you know, you can't, you can't play with the devil. You give the devil an inch, you'll take a lot. The devil will just, I mean, he will, he will toy with you, he will play with you, as long as you keep messing with, he, uh, you can't even, you can't, you, you just got to grab the bull by the horn and say, you know what, no more. I'm taking authority over my life. I'm getting confusion all my life. I'm developing a plan of action, and I'm going to say, this is, this is for everyday living, and then, Number five, another benefit of having a plan is you're more likely to achieve your goals. You're more likely to get what you want when you have a plan for it. You're able to see momentum. You know what? I'm making progress. How do you know that you're growing spiritually? 
How do you really know that you're a better person than you were five, six, seven months ago? How do you really know that? Do you plan your day? Do you plan your Bible reading? Okay, I got a problem in this area. This is, this is spiritually, I got a problem with lust. Well, maybe you might want to develop a plan for the whole year about lust. Read, read the Bible verses that deal with lust. Now, you know, how many you plan, I mean, how many know you got to plan your day? Get up out of the day, get up out of the base, what am I going to do, do today? Sometimes my kids, man, they, 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 they indict us, don't they? Don't they? Our kids, man, they come up, what are we doing today? I mean, I just want to relax. Oh, what, what, what are we doing? Relax, I want to relax. No, that was, oh, boy, oh, gosh, you know, they want a plan. They want, to, if you're going to be bored, if you're going to sleep in, let the kids know from this time to this time, daddy going to be asleep. But write the, <laughs> write the thing down. Come up with a plan. Do something about your life. Come on, somebody. Amen. Develop a plan. Plan your giving. You know what? This is how much I gave last year. I'm going to grow in my giving because I know when I grow in my giving, I'm, going, I'm growing closer to God and I'm storing up treasures in heaven. So, you know, what? I'm going to plan this. I'm going to do better in this area. I'm going to plan my work. No more am I going to go to work and just see what happened. I'm going to walk in there with confidence. I know what's happened because I got a plan. I'm not just going to go to store no more. Amen. I'm not just going to buy the 80s the 80-inch screen without talking to my wife, developing a plan on how we're going to pay for it. Amen. Amen. <laughs> See, y'all don't know, that's a running joke in my house because I've been wanting a big screen for, yeah, I've been wanting a big screen for a long time. I really, I was like, I would want one of them big ones that like cover the whole wall, but, you know, I just can't afford it. So, but you know what? But planning for it, little by little, I just hope that once I get to it, you know, that it still exists. <laughs> but you got to develop. <laughs> but you got to develop. My whole point is this. I know we're kidding around a little bit, but listen, here's what I'm trying to say. Take control of your life. Stop letting the devil sift you around. Amen. Develop a plan and go. Let God bless. Watch your life. I promise you, if y'all take these principles for the next six months, here's my challenge to everybody here. For the next six months, Say, Pastor, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go home today. I'm going to pray. I'm going to develop a plan. I'm going to plan out my day. I'm going to plan out my weeks. I told my wife, she gets frustrated because, you know, sometimes we have to feed the kids. You know, we got all these mouths to feel. I'm like, you know what? Plan your food for the whole week. Plan if you can. Plan it for the whole month. Plan, have it all laid out. Stress level go whoop, down. And then Pastor Bill is much happier. <laughs> and so is everybody else. So I want you to think about this. Develop a plan. Develop a plan. Develop some goals, and your life will change. Amen? Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, for your word this morning. God, we thank you for the remind, reminder, Lord, that uh, we are stewards. Lord, you said to David that we are to number our days. God, we only have a few years on this earth to make a difference. We only have, we really don't have that many days. When we look at it in the grand scheme of things, God, you've given us some very, very precious time. And it's not a lot of time. For most of us, Lord, living to 70, 75 would be a, a huge blessing. But I pray, God, you would help us to number our days. And I pray, God, that you would put dreams and visions in the hearts of the people who are sitting here today. And God, I pray, God, you would give us the grace to develop a plan of success. Lord, we know that you bless us, Lord, when we take time to seek you and to plan according to your purpose, Lord. 
I pray that every person, God, who is going to adopt these principles, God, I pray that you would help them. I pray, God, that their family life will be better, their stress will be out of their lives, that they'll be happier, Lord God. I pray, God, that they would uh, achieve uh, success, oh God, that they would multiply and increase in the name of Jesus. If everybody can stand to your feet, uh, whoever just want to come up, you just want to pray, you just need God to pray for you in this area, just come on up, amen. We're just going to say a prayer at the altar. We're just going to believe God. Anybody, just come on up. God spoke to you about this, and you just want God to just give you the grace to have a plan and to cut down the stress. Come on up. Just come on up. Amen. We just want to make a declaration of faith this morning. God want our life to be better. He want our life to be better. Amen. 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 Come on up here, First Lady. Amen. Come on up here. Hallelujah. 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 We just, we just need to grow. We want to get better. Amen. We want to get better. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you this morning. God, we just bless your name. Father, thank you that you've given us wisdom. Mm. God, thank you for a wise heart. Thank you for a, a mind that is sharp. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God, for this computer that you put into our head. This mind, God, where we have the capacity and the ability to think and to reason. God, we thank you, Lord God, that this is the first computer, the best computer ever created, is right between our ears. God, I thank you, Father, for the power of planning. God, Lord, I pray, God, that these people who come up front, Lord God, they want in a very fresh way to gain control over their lives, Lord. Father God, they want to be able to walk in sync with you. Father, they, Father, desire peace. They deserve peace, and peace is theirs. And Lord, they are making a declaration that no more will the enemy steal our time. No more. God, I pray that everyone at this altar will be wise and, and understanding, Lord God, and how to use their time wisely. God, I pray that you would bless them. And Father, I pray that you would give them a plan of success, that whatever comes into their heart, whatever comes into their minds, God, that you would lead and guide them, Lord God. Father God, I thank you, Father, for success. I thank you, Lord God, that we are prosperous in 2014. I thank you that our families is blessed in 2014. I thank you. front will make God, that they will make a covenant with you, God, in a very fresh way to, Lord, to bring some order into their life so that, Lord, they can receive maximum blessing. Bless them. Bless them. And let them be a testimony to everyone else out there to gain some order over their lives. In every area of our lives, we pray in Jesus' name. We wisdom, Lord, to continue to grow in this area, Lord God, and, and bring in some uh, clarity and bring in some wisdom, Lord, in areas where I need it, Lord God, so that I can be better in every area and aspect of my own life. Lord, we love you. God, we Here by faith, I pray, God, you would give them a special blessing because they took a step of faith and they're making a change Lord, faith. Lord says that we believe and when we believe we act. I thank you Lord God. Yes, people 
of action this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, church, give God a praise. Yeah. Thank you. We thank you. We praise you. We bless you. We love you with all of our hearts, souls, and minds. And God, we thank you, Lord God, that we are blessed, the church is blessed, the people of God are blessed, God, because we put our trust in you. Father God, we have a plan, God, and we pray, God, that everything that we do as a people will bring you much glory, and God, that we will have an increase. I pray, Lord God, that as your you spoken to us today, Father, will fall to the ground. But every word, every promise, God, God, and you promise to bless us, Lord God, as we seek you. So in the name of Jesus, bless your people. Now unto him, Jesus, who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his throne of grace. To him, Jesus, be glory, dominion, power, now and forevermore. Cover your people, Lord, I pray. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen. Come on, church, give God a prayer. See you next week.